good morning, homeschoolers. <laughs> or good afternoon or good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Um, this is Kim Smythe, and I'm here with Vicki Tillman. And this is the Homeschool, homeschool High School, High School Podcast. Podcast. And we are brought to you graciously by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And today we're going to talk about testing. Yeah, and we're missing Sabrina today. We are. We really are, yes. And we really miss Sabrina we when do. she's not here. We do. We, we enjoy her company very much. Yeah, but we picked her brain a little bit, so we brought a li- we're going to bring a little Sabrina flavor to the best of our abilities. So, yeah, yeah talking about testing, we, we thought we would share a few comforting stories for moms who go through testing with their kids, uh-huh. and that it's not much fun. Nope. Better than blood work. <laughs> my, my kids might say that. <laughs> so Sabrina was telling us about one of her kids mm-hmm. on the way to the, the first round of SATs. Um, actually got nauseous in the parking lot, like full nauseous event. Yes. And uh, was quite um, empty by the time she got in to take the test. <laughs> So that's a, SATs are a stressful event for all people, parents and teens included. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Even for the kids who feel pretty confident and are strong test takers, it's still a stressful event. And then for those who are not, it's, uh, it takes on another dimension altogether. So we, we talk about with, uh, as we've advised and, and helped the, the various kids over the years, some of their adventures going like, you know, these are homeschoolers, so they're used to maybe a group class, you know, co-op and, uh, or achievement testing you yeah, know, yeah. in a local place. But when they go take the SATs, they're going in a room of hundreds of kids. Walking into a public high school, maybe, yeah. or a private school, a big brick-and-mortar building. And yeah, getting used to that feeling of chaos. Oh. It's very often, I remember one of my uh, kids uh, took at our very near high school, so mm-hmm. she was lucky enough to sign up way ahead of time. And so it was just five minutes from our house, and they had all of the kids herded into one room, standing there, and then kind of opened the gates kind of like a flood, you know? Oh, oh <laughs> like no. Letting a herd of cows loose or something. Going into a concert, only they're not so yeah, excited right. to get there. Tell <laughs> <laughs> them from afar. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for to navigate that kind of stuff. So, so yeah. testing can be a stressful thing. So that's why we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what testing's about. Yep. Some nuts and, and bolts. Yeah, and what kind of tests are out there that our teens can experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a little bit about getting ready for them. Yeah. 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 So now you know where we're going. So a that's a little roadmap going. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So not just SATs, but there's lots of different kinds of tests mm-hmm. out there if we want to torment our kids in various ways. Yeah. You want to talk about some of the some of the tests that they might take when they're younger? So we took with our kids mm-hmm. every year they had the Terra Nova achievement test. Mm-hmm. So that was quite an adventure every year to uh, have our kids experience standardized testing. Mm-hmm. In the very early days uh, our state required the kids in grades three, five, and eight. Mm-hmm. And it was just a state requirement. They had to do the Terra Novas, only they were cat tests back in those days. Oh, yeah. You remember that? The good old California achievement test. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they've morphed over the years and include little teeny tiny essay kind of things integrated into the curriculum. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, testing uh, supposedly what they've learned. Yes. 
Yes. And Vicky and I have both had the privilege and whatever else you might want to call it, <laughs> honor, distinct uh, experience of proctoring a lot of testing as well yes, as indeed. going through it as parents and with our own kids. For many years. Yes, for many years. And if you ever get the opportunity to do that, it's actually really helpful to see it from a proctor's side. You yeah. know, it kind of helps you get a little bit more comfortable with it. Yeah, and what the kids are going to be experiencing. So yeah. I don't think it's a terrible experience for the kids. No. It's not like the absolute measure of how well you are doing your homeschooling because the tests only measure what they're measuring. Yeah. And say, so say they are, are asking questions about civics because the Common Core covers civics that year and you did world history. Well, your kid's not going to be answering the questions the same as another, but it's not valid for, you know, what you're, the data you're going to get from that. Yeah. And you just have to take every kind of test with a grain of salt. Absolutely. I, and I, one of the privileges to me of proctoring in our community, our local umbrella school, we do sponsor testing. Um, so a, we get to pray with our kids before they take their test. Absolutely. Which is beautiful. Um, and I actually, as I walk around the room when I'm proctoring them, and I think I got that from you, Vicki, is I just walk around and pray for the kids, too. Uh, you know, as I'm just wandering around the room, I pray for them. I pray for their family. I pray for their how they handle whatever comes back on those little pieces of paper, you know, and uh, whether that bolsters their self-image or calls them yeah. to question things or... And, and I remind them that, um, that this is a snapshot on one day, right. of, like you said, of what they know. So it's, it's a photograph. It's not a movie. Right. Um, and that it Good is. Good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that it is based on a whole bunch of people and what they think those kids have learned that year. So I remind them as homeschoolers, you might have your whole family do a unit study on social studies and you might not cover what they're expecting you to have covered that year. And so you just go, okay, cool. We haven't learned this yet. I'll take a stab at it and I'll move on. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's an, a good life skill to mm -hmm. say, hey, I don't know what the heck, but I'm going to give it a good guess and move right on. So That's right. Yeah. Some of it you just learn about taking tests. Right. And it's not really, you know. Yeah. Surviving tough situations. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things I always have done with uh, proctoring is before the kids even get their testing material, is I take them all through the breathing exercises. Oh, great. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about so, that. So, because our stress hormones fog our brains, mm -hmm. they, they suppress um, oxygen. And yeah. if we don't have oxygen in our brains, we can't think sharp. Mm -hmm. So all of us know what that feels like to be sitting in a test or a speech or a pressure situation. And we know good and well, we know what we know. And, and we it doesn't come out. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then five minutes after you walk out of the room, there it is again. Oh yeah. So we want to reduce the stress hormones and increase the oxygen. And you do that by deep breathing. So I always take the kids through three deep breaths and then you tense and relax and breathe all the way oh, through awesome. your muscle groups. And what that does is oxygenate their whole body and they think sharper and then they've gained a life skill. Yeah, Because absolutely. we should all do that. In case people want to know how to do the deep breathing, Mm -hmm. It's called progressive relaxation. It's the old term for that. And you can download a freebie how to do progressive relaxation at my coaching website. 
And where would they find your coaching website? At VickiTillmanCoaching.com. There you go. Under the resources tab, look at progressive relaxation and it coaches you all the way through and it's a life skill the kids really need. They need that for college or career or whatever they're going to do. And I can honestly vouch for those breathing exercises because Vicki has taught five out of the six Smythes that live, <laughs> well, that have grown up and lived in my house, um, how to do those deep breathing exercises. And I can even remember one or two of them coming home from particularly stressful situations and saying, Mom, Mrs. T would be so proud of me. I used that deep breathing stuff that she taught us, and it really did work. It's a, I, Every night before I go to bed mm-hmm. or before any stressful thing during the day, I mm-hmm. still do the deep breathing. It's really good and free. Yeah, it's free, free is nice. And, and you can do it yourself in just a yeah. few minutes. I actually taught my uh, homeschool high school success seminar class. Did you really? On Monday, I taught the, or Thursday, I taught them how to do it. And it was working so well, Marilyn came in and said, they're going to they're gonna wake up for class, for their next <laughs> class, right? I said, yeah, I'm not letting them get too relaxed today. Because <laughs> that was the first thing in the morning. <laughs> so we can do deep breathing. We can pray. We can spend a little right. time, you know, getting relaxed. Sometimes I even ask my kids. We just talk for a minute about, because I usually do some of the younger ones who maybe are testing for the first time. Uh, And so I'll just ask, who's done this before? Who feels comfortable? Who's never done this before? Do you have any questions? And then um, we'll even then talk about, okay, who likes testing? Because there are some people... Do you get some kids who like it? I do. Some kids, like, they know that they're good at standardized Mm -hmm. testing. And I, I have to fess up. I was one of those people. I, really? Both my hubby and I were pretty good at standardized testing. And um, so I would go into it kind of feeling like, oh, this is going to be kind of fun. And I know that's not really too normal. But, <laughs> but you know, the first person I met. <laughs> but the, the weird thing is, like, you know, a lot of kids who have, like, the test anxiety and all that sort of thing, you know, they worry, like, oh, my score is not going to reflect what I do. So for me, it was more like, oh, crud, I'm a good test taker. And then I'm going to end up looking like a lazy student because my grades are decent. (laughs) But I test better sometimes than my grades indicate I am, you know, and it's that dichotomy. So, yeah, it was kind of an interesting. That's hilarious. Interesting dilemma there. Yeah. But um, so achievement tests, the kids can take generally through 10th grade. mm -hmm. And the reason why you might want to continue to do those achievement tests um, is just as a comparison year to year of the progress your young person is making. Mm-hmm. The um, reason you might not want to do it is like, okay, they've already been there, done that, and cost money maybe. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. they have to. They really well, they don't have to. The next tests have already started by around ninth grade, so um, maybe we should segue into the SATs. Sure, stuff, let's so. talk about some of those other. Uh, tests for the higher grades. Yeah. Some of those high school tests. So the College Board mm. has a whole suite of assessments. As suite. They call I love that word now. Yeah, the suite of assessments. And so, that's S-U-I-T-E, not yeah. S-W-E-E-T. Mm, ain't sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so they can start as young as eighth or ninth grade to wow. do the PSAT 8-9. Yes. Why you would want to do that, I'm not sure. Unless you just, again, I think one of the reasons that you start that early is just to scare the pants off your kids. Mm -hmm. That if they're a good student that needs to go to college and kind of a little bit lazy about their work, 
just kind of scare the tar out of them and say, mm-hmm. this is this is not an achievement test, not measuring what you know. It's measuring kind of how you think. Mm. So it's more on problem solving and deducing and paying attention. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if yeah. kids got a, you know, lazy brain, it, it might kind of charge them up a little bit. It could also desensitize, too, if you have True. a kid who is... Um, who does have test anxiety and test phobia, maybe, and you'd want to really think about this carefully, I think, but maybe it could be a way, because if you've done it a few times, then maybe when it matters more, it's less stressful because you've been there and done that a few right. times, perhaps. So if they could start out in a in a safe setting. Mm-hmm. So sometimes private schools mm-hmm. uh, will offer that and let the homeschoolers come in. Yeah, It would be a challenging thing to put them in a large public school setting and have a, a middle schooler, you know, just jump in all of a sudden on mm. that. So you'd have to have a special kid who wanted to do that. Oh, yeah. 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 And then they can do the PSAT 10 mm-hmm. um, at 10th grade. And uh, and that's the one you really do to scare the pants off of them because that gets them ready for the PSATs. Right. And the PSAT... Is, the, is Am I correct? That's still the one that does the National Merit Scholar thing? Right. Yeah. So the PSA 10, PSAT 10, <laughs> clunky names. But it's There's, better than the PSSSSS or whatever right. it used to be. And as you can gather, as all that we're talking, there's not one right way to do testing either. Indeed. <laughs> Just like there's not A one, one right, right way, way to homeschool. homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get it in. So uh, the PSAT 10 is given somewhere between February and April mm. of the year after the PSATs and the PSAT tens are just the the, the leftover the PSATs. PSATs. That's all you know. So they're actually getting a real PSAT at that point, but it doesn't count for anything except for scare your pants off. Mm. So um, or compare or what do we need to work on or yeah, things like but that. But that those scores aren't going anywhere to anybody. No. So you don't have to you don't have the the fear or the benefit of some college seeing this. So if they bomb it, it's yeah. not like, oh no, my life is over as a future college student or anything Absolutely. like that. Yeah. 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 So then there's the great old PSATs. There you go. So uh, those are the pre SATs. <laughs> so uh, they they do not have the essay on. In fact, the SATs don't have essay anymore that are required. You can do it just for fun if As you an want option. to. There you go. So um, the PSATs are preparatory for the SATs to to get you ready for it. And it is also the open door for the National Merit Scholarship Competition. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about that. So is that purely score-based? And how many, what are the statistics? How many kids get these National Merit Scholarships? So National Merit Scholarships, Um, The open door to that is the PSATs Mm -hmm. based on your student's score. Mm -hmm. Then the the students go into a competition of rounds. So there's a, a, you know, quarterfinal and then a semifinal and then the finalists. Finalists, right. At the finalist level, traditionally Mm -hmm. they've had to write some essays and and, uh, Mm. so there is some, you know, personal level. 
So it's not a matter of you got the highest score on the PSAT. Congratulations, here's your scholarship. Right, right. And in fact, the the number of scholarships that are given out is divvied up by state. Ah, okay. So in a state that's got a lot of kids with high-powered SAT, PSAT scores, mm. compared to a state with not as many high-powered PSAT scores, you know, what's the competition? Yeah. A, f- a lower percentage of kids will get the National Merit Scholarship in a competitive state or mm-hmm. in a highly populated state. Mm-hmm. So a little state like Delaware. Um, we Our odds are better, perhaps? Odds are better. There you go. Yeah. There you so go. move to Delaware. There you go. <laughs> Come to Delaware. <laughs> the home of tax-free shopping, too. <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> One of our lovely little mottos. We yeah. love Delaware. <laughs> So, um, yeah. So, uh, 1.5 million American teenagers, 11th graders, so you take the PSATs at 11th grade, 1.5 million 11th graders take the PSATs every year. Mm. That's a lot of people. That's a lot yeah. of kids. And we looked and we looked up the stats, and it's actually on um, Seven Sisters Seven Sisters Homeschool dot com, um, and I bet we'll put it in the show notes for you too, um, uh, the link to that post. Um, and we figured out we pulled out our calculator, and like one percent of the kids um, actually who take the PSAT get through that process. Right. So there's fifteen thousand that. Uh, that get the National Merit Scholarship. 15,000 kids, that's a nice number. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, that is 1%. Yep. If, if we're doing our math right. That's right. That's it's right. like winning the lottery. Yeah. Yep. So what do you think our takeaway from that should be? Well, my personal takeaway is it's always good to try. If you, you know, if you're a student or if you are listening and you feel like you've got one of those kids... By all means, try. Um, at the same time, keep everything in perspective mm-hmm. and realize that the odds of getting that are very, very small. Uh, and so you you just want to keep it in perspective. You want to keep it healthy and you want to have a healthy balance. One thing we've seen in our community um, is a very healthy thing is that people have very different expectations for themselves, for their children, for their families. Indeed. indeed. Um, and so you have to kind of balance what are, what are your students' aspirations personally? Because remember, this is my big um, Kim's little soapbox here. Um, I'm going to just own Good it. For Kim. I got to own it here. Is this is all about our students, you know, ultimately the SATs and ACTs and things like that. That's ultimately about our kids going to college. Right. And we have to trust ourselves, and way more importantly, we have to trust God. Indeed. That we have done the best. I'm quoting Vicki now. She just said this actually a little while ago when we were getting ready for this podcast. We have to trust that we have done the best that we could to the best of our ability to parent our kids all the way up to this point. And now we're talking about getting ready for college. Who's going to be with them in college? Are we going to be there with them, taking their tests or writing their papers or any of that sort of thing, going to class or not going to class? That's that's their turn to really shine, to be the adult, to, to go forward. And so my personal thing is I've always looked at this as 
they need to also be the one taking responsibility for preparing for these tests. This isn't this isn't my college, right. and I've even thought that like as far as looking at colleges, I've loved the idea of looking at colleges. I used to work on college campuses. I love the whole college thing, um, but I it's not mine. It's theirs, right? And so it has to be driven by them, right? Um, and and. Right. So you think, like, as parents, you know, mm-hmm. segue into who's going to get that National Merit Scholarship, you know, yeah. is, is as parents, we can provide resources to our kids mm-hmm. to say, this would be a good thing to help you practice for the test. Mm. And if the kid's into it, they're going to really work it because that's something that's passionate to them. Absolutely. And, and if they're not, they're not. It's just like everything else in life, if they're into it or not. And if they should have worked harder, that's their learning experience. And that doesn't mean we're failures at parenting mm-hmm. and they're not failures at being kids. It's everybody's on this journey. And if you take the stress out of my kid has to earn a National Merit Scholarship, mm-hmm. well, likelihood is your kid's not going to earn a National Merit Scholarship. Yeah. Um, 1% of the kids are going to, and that's like if a kid... Oh, never mind. (laughs) Just take the stress off. Take the stress off yourself and your students. Yeah, let your kids own it. And uh, so if you work them to death Mm -hmm. in high school, when they graduate... They'll say, Mom, you wasted all my teen years studying for the darn SATs for this one test, and and I didn't get any high school, and I didn't get any adolescence, because all we did is study for the SATs. They're going to be matchy about that. If you didn't push them hard, <laughs> and they know they probably could have bumped it up another 100 points or so, mm-hmm. um, then they're going to be mad at you because you didn't, you know, just That's like right. beat them over the head. So the deal is you're not in charge of the outcome, mm-hmm. and they're going to love you anyway, and they're going to see how wise you are eventually when they're 25 or something. (laughs) So, you know, we do the best we can, Mm -hmm. but God uses the testing to open and close doors really Mm. is he directs their paths and we have to get out of the stress of thinking we're in charge of the outcomes. Oh my, yes. And it's so interesting how even just a few years down the road, something that was an absolute, probably one of the biggest crises, uh, and thank you, God, that their lives are that smooth, that that was their biggest crisis. Uh, but for some of my kids around this time, like it was some of the biggest crises as far as how it in, uh, impacted, you know, kind of their future. And just even not even two years down the road, they could turn back and they could say, wow, it was really hard that God closed this door and opened this one instead. But now I really see the value in that, and I'm actually really glad that he did that. So, the, and that takes some wisdom and mm. some maturity, and mm-hmm. and even us grownups, we're still working on. Oh my, it. yeah, absolutely. So, so anyway, you yeah. know, it's really great when the kids get a national merit scholarship, mm-hmm. um, and. It's just fine if the kids don't get that scholarship. Mm-hmm. So on to the SATs. Then. Yes. So, so tell so us more. SATs, they can start taking whenever they jolly well please. Mm-hmm. It's offered a number of times during the year. Yeah. So usually the kids will take it in the spring of their, of their junior, junior year. year. So they've got a lot of education under their belts and some confidence built up. Mm-hmm. And then that gives them time to take it again senior year if they want to bump the scores up. 
So the reason why they want to take the SATs is if they're going to a college that requires it. Yeah. Like, duh. Yeah. That the SATs are, are often an open door to some kind of scholarships. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that a, a full-ride scholarship is a Few pretty far rare between. thing. <laughs> um, that, but it can help them maybe, you know, get... Um, you know, a partial, this, partial scholarships. Mm-hmm. So even that's a pretty rare thing since the economy tanked in 2008, it's not as generous as when my older kids were mm-hmm. in college back a long time back ago. In the day. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, it's worth a try, but also the kids who are going to a college that may not require the SATs for entrance, it often helps them test out of some of the, the prerequisite classes. Oh, there you go. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's not a waste of their time. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and some schools also may have um, individual placement kind of tests right. that you can take when you get there. So as I've often heard Vicki say, and as I often say myself, check out the individual websites for the, even if you're not to the point where you're like anywhere near ready to apply, okay. it doesn't hurt to just start looking at websites to see what kinds of things those colleges require and what kinds of things may be helpful. Right. Cause that dictates a lot about what you want to do. Um, what about that other alphabet soup test? So the, <laughs> the ACT, ACT. Yeah. Yeah. So the ACTs are, are the competitor Mm-hmm. For the SATs, and the ACTs are more common in different parts of the country, so more in the South, mm-hmm. um, different areas. And the ACTs tend to be more subject-oriented. Mm-hmm. More so, like what you already know, right? Yeah, but from mm-hmm. the achievement test, with a, a little critical thinking edge, you know, yeah. into it. So it's like college-level thinking yeah. in a subject area. And so some of our young people when they have compared that like they've taken both Mm -hmm. those few kids are really they got the drive going on um they'll say that they liked the act better um, because it felt more comfortable they were more used to a Mm. subject-oriented test yeah or if you're like some of mine who just really don't like standardized testing they said just a different kind of ugh be a good t-shirt. <laughs> a different kind of bug. <laughs> that makes my whole day. And it, and it is different. Yeah, yeah, it's slightly different. And now we're finding even, I believe, uh, I believe our dear old UD, University of Delaware, is no longer requiring SATs and will look at ACTs. And I think right now, to correct me if, mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, I think right now you're not required to take either, but then they want you to take them for placement purposes. Right. So, so. The, the, it, it's, they're not requiring it for entrance per se. Correct. Yeah. Right. There's, this, there's this fuzzy thing, yeah. you know, like, what do, what do they really mean by that? Because yeah. they do want it for placement. What do they mean by that? Yeah. Um, so, But there are more schools that are... Um, not taking that as entrance requirement because really it's not valid predictor of college success, either one of those tests. Yeah. It just isn't. Yeah. And we know plenty of young people who didn't sparkle on the SATs um, that that were kick butt students and practically running the campus uh, because that wasn't their thing. Yeah. But being a great student and a great leader, that was their thing. That's their thing. Yeah, one of my kids wrote a really funny, sarcastic essay about what a great predictor 
of college success the SAT is. <laughs> if I can get it out of her, we'll put it in the show we notes. We should put it in the show notes. That yeah. would be cool. Yeah. So the SATs, trying to keep up with the ACT people, added subject tests. Oh, tell us about and, those. Um, yeah. And so those are beyond the SAT. You can go on a different day and just shine about mm. your subject. And... Um, it's kind of for what that's worth. So some colleges will like that and give them some credit mm. and some, some don't. Mm -hmm. So it's, again, you explore the college websites yep. and see what advantage those would be. But they mm -hmm. are there. So if yeah. you've got a kid who's an expert yes. in, in a field. Yeah. So maybe, maybe someday we can talk a little bit more about... Um, how to approach applying to colleges as a homeschooler versus if you're part of an umbrella school and all that. That would be a neat topic We'll have someday. to do a college application There we go. Oh, yeah. Vicki's he's a real great resource on that one. How about these CLEP tests, since you meant, meant, eh, mentioned SAT subject yeah. tests? CLEP yeah. tests are subject-specific. Yeah, very, very similar. And some colleges accept a CLEP score mm -hmm. and, and waive taking a class like, you know, the American history or, or um, English or things like mm. that. So if you have an expertise mm. in an area... You, you can take a CLEP and uh, get the credit for that. And that stands for college level examination something or other maybe or something placement but it's that's what it stands for but if oh you just my say God. i never even once thought about what it meant if you, I'm, I'm just sorry. like i'm an initial person so if you just yeah. say it's college level something and and then what about ap tests and then AP, placement yeah so again it's it's a way to earn college credit mm -hmm. um by being an expert in the field you cannot get ap credit without taking an ap exam and you cannot record an AP course on a transcript without College Board approval. Yes. And so that's a, that's a caveat. We can't just say, oh, it's AP, but it, yeah. it's not, unless you have College Board approval. So. And you have to go through very specific channels to get approval to call something an uh, advanced uh, placement class, yeah. correct? So those are ways, both CLEP and AP, mm -hmm. to, um, to get college credit mm -hmm. ahead of time. So those are courses that are very, I mean, tests that are very specific to earning you something yes so it's not just a score mm -hmm. the um the so that side is college credit yeah yeah the, the downside can be um that that if the kids don't earn a good grade a good score on that and just barely get a passing and the college uses that score in the gpa they're carrying that the rest mm. of their college career wow so you have to talk to the college mm. and find out what do they do with the clep and the ap and not all colleges accept clep so you got to talk to the college what you know what cleps do you accept yeah so it's you know the research and parenting is hard work so the moral of the story is check out the college website. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've also had some students, or I've heard of some, that have actually ended up with so many credits going in because they maybe took some local community college classes and they maybe took a CLEP or an AP or something, and they ended up not being able to enter college as a true freshman, and it kind of messed up things for them. So just really... Yeah, you know, be aware. Sometimes being an overachiever can have a downside there. So yeah. just be careful. What what that does is that if they come in with too many credits, the colleges that give scholarships to freshmen oh, but not to transfer students, 
they've lost their freshman scholarships. Yeah, right. Because some colleges don't give um, scholarships to transfer students. Mm -hmm. So again, you you check the college website because some colleges want transfer students. And so they're all different. There's not one right way Way to to, college. There you go. There you go. It's muy complicado and varies greatly. There you go. Um, just to kind of round out the alphabet soup, we actually even learned about another one that we never had heard of before, and that is the SSAT, and that's the Secondary School Achievement Test, and that was one that my daughters were actually kind of quasi-recruited to go to some private school to play ice hockey, and there's like a, there's like an SAT for going to like boarding school. There you go. So <laughs> and thank you, God, for closing that door, because that just would not have been a good fit for us in yeah. umpteen ways. Yes, that was an adventure. Uh, yes. So kids who want to take these tests, the ones mm. who should, are yes. those that are college bound, going to a college that needs those scores. Mm-hmm. And that score will open doors to scholarships or not having to take some preliminary courses mm-hmm. so or colleges that don't require it but it opens doors for waiving certain courses so so for some of our kids these tests aren't even necessary right for some of our kids they are not necessary absolutely so kids who are not college bound mm-hmm. you know like absolutely positively not college bound yeah like, do not put them through that. <laughs> Absolutely, like, yeah. You can show they are educated in other ways. Yes. So do yeah. a, a master portfolio. We should do a, mm. a podcast on that. That would be great. Or check sevensistershomeschool.com for mm-hmm. the posts on master portfolios. Um, they can do achievement tests through 10th grade, usually, if, you they, if you really, really want to do that. Um, but yeah, why put a kid through a SAT or ACT if they don't have to have it? Like, yeah. 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 So are clearly college bound kids, I mean, non-college bound kids, it's yeah. not a wise use of time. Right. And even if your child is going to a community college first, um, we have a lovely little program in Delaware and I think more and more states are starting to adopt similar things where you can get... Um, a couple years of reduced or or free, free yeah. uh, tuition if you start at your local community college. Yeah. And our local community college does not require SATs. Right. So again, even yeah. if they're going to college for you know that college, and again, we would have checked the website and, and known, yeah. and there would be no reason to, uh, yeah. to do that too. Yeah. Of course, we, we've had some kids who said, I'm only going to community college, so I don't need the SATs. And, uh, and yep. then... <laughs> September of senior year, they go like, oh my goodness, I've decided to go to yada yada. And so there's some scrambling happening. Oh yeah. Like, you know what? That's, that's part of life's adventures. So absolutely. Yep. I had kids who didn't want to go to college at all and ended up wanting to go straight into a four-year pretty competitive school. And they did a lot of scrambling and, and, and they survived. They did. They yeah. thrived. I think it even, you know, what doesn't kill you, make you stronger, yeah. you know, right. There's not one way, right way to get there either. <laughs> All so, right. And so. then accommodations. You know, some kids will need accommodations. Mm-hmm. And this is not a very widely known thing, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And um, But you can get accommodations even for the SATs and things like that. Now, Indeed. they need yeah. documentation. Right. And as especially as a homeschooler, you're on your own to get that testing and get the documentation. And, you know, depending on your insurance and whatever, it may not be covered and it's not cheap. But it is, if you're looking at... 
college and you're thinking about scholarships and everything else, that inv- you consider that an investment, really, yeah. in your child's future. So usually the accommodations are more like untimed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to work right with the college board on that. Yes. So you have to bring testing and doctor's notes and, and uh, just work right through them. And they will take you step by step through that process. So they're not obnoxious. It's clunky, mm. but they're not obnoxious. And, and just allow yourself some extra time to get through that process because yeah. you can't just like oh, yeah. sign up the at the last minute. minute. Yeah. Oh, and that's our other thing, which I think we alluded to earlier, is, you know, when when you're, you decide in your family who's responsible for the sign-up for these tests. <laughs> and we've had, you know, families where somebody you just didn't get around to it or whatever, yeah. and you were driving 45 minutes to get to your testing site. Yeah. which can add to the stress for the whole family. So, too. you know, if, you're, if your teen's going to do the SATs, just sign up nine months ahead of time. Mm. Just sit down and with a cup of tea and do your deep breathing and relax there and you go. get through the process. They need to do that with you because they have to have their picture. And so it's kind of a joint process, just like the, the FAFSA when they go yes. to apply for college. So there you go. So, so we, I hope we, we didn't ruin anybody's lives talking, you know, raise the stress levels so much they need to go to the doctor. It's, uh, yeah, it's our, our goal is, <laughs> right. We actually hope that we, uh, reduced a little stress level. We probably raised more questions maybe than we've answered because that's kind of the nature of this process. Right. And, uh, so we encourage you to, you know, talk to the people in your community. If you have much of a, uh, local homeschool community, talk to other homeschoolers right. in your area um, talk to other students who are going to the colleges you're you're yeah. interested in. Um, contact us on mm-hmm. the, the Seven Sisters Homeschool or the the Homeschool High School School podcast. podcast. Both of those Facebook pages, you can talk to us there. Absolutely. Or um, on the show notes mm-hmm. there at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Sh- yes. Yes. And uh, there's a comment section there, so we are always happy to answer questions. Make up an answer if we don't know. Say, and we'll I tell you. Know. That's yeah. right. We'll tell you if we're making yeah, it up. If we're making it up, we'll say, yeah, this is totally made up. Um, but, you know, that we're we're open doors. And, hey, if folks would go over to iTunes. Yeah. We won't answer questions there. But, but they could leave a they review. But what can they do there? You could leave a review. <laughs> there you go. really nice. There you go. Well, yeah. how about a swap? Well, you know, throw us a question. We'll, we'll answer it. it for you. And then and, hop over to iTunes. And, that's right. In exchange for that, <laughs> hop over to iTunes and give us some stars so other people can find us to get yes, answers indeed. to their questions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Um, we have had a great time. We hope that you have too. And we really do want to answer your questions. So do contact us one of those ways and let us know how we can help more specifically. Yes. Um, And so we will look forward to seeing you again or listening and hearing one another again soon um, on the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.